section sixty of the inheritance by susan edmonstoon farrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume two chapter twenty six listen to me and if you speak me fair i'll tell you news shakespeare when gertrude had left her mother in the morning she had left her as usual fretful and gloomy but on returning she was struck with the change which in the course of a few hours had taken place her countenance was lightened her air was almost joyous and though some slight traces of agitation were visible yet it was evidently of no painful kind for the tout ensemble was that of a person who had thrown off a load of cares and of fears she was seated at her toilette which ever since the earl's death had been much neglected but upon her daughter's entrance she dismissed her maid come away my love cried she holding out her arms and affectionately embracing her i've been tiring to death for you where have you been my sweetest gertrude but not without wondering at this sudden overflow of love and tenderness related to her the particulars of her visit to mr ramsay and its consequences ah nothing could be better managed said mrs st clair and his arrival to-day is quite apropos as i mean to make my appearance at dinner and it may very well pass for a compliment to my good uncle then changing her tone to one of deep solemnity since i saw you in the morning love i have been a good deal shocked with a piece of news i accidentally stumbled upon in a provincial paper i happened to take up my nerves to be sure have been sadly shattered of late and she sighed and took up her smelling bottle but tis impossible not to be struck with such an event gertrude you have no longer anything to fear from that unfortunate man he he has perished added she in strong but transient emotion gertrude involuntarily shuddered there is always something revolting in the gaiety that springs from the death of a fellow-being and for a moment she turned away her head from the wild unnatural pleasure that gleamed in her mother's eye what was this man's life or death to me exclaimed she suddenly surely now the time has come when you will tell me all not now my love do not urge me the time may come when i shall have no secret with you but at present it can serve no purpose but that of agitating and distressing me perhaps i should not have mentioned this disagreeable occurrence to you at all but for the fear that it might have come upon you unawares and so have betrayed you into some symptom of recognition that had better be avoided for i think you could scarcely fail to be struck as i was at reading the account as yet it has got no further than the barnford chronicle but it will of course appear in the london papers and you will probably hear it read and commented on at all hands so tis better you should receive it from mine forewarned is forearmed and taking up a newspaper she pointed out a paragraph under the head of melancholy shipwreck it set forth in the usual terms a most elaborate and high-drawn narrative of the wreck of the dauntless packet bound for america on the coast of ireland when every soul on board had perished 
several pieces of the wreck and some of the bodies of the unhappy sufferers had been cast on shore and were all minutely described amongst others that of a gentleman seemingly turned of thirty years of age tall fair complexion light hair blue eyes high nose linen marked j l on his person were found a watch a small sum of money and a pocket-book the latter containing papers and bills but so much damaged by the water that the writing was wholly obliterated only on one of the bills the letters s lair could be traced and those were the only marks which could throw any light on the unfortunate gentleman's identity etc 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 it is very sad to be called upon to rejoice over an event fraught with so much misery said the countess with a sigh as she finished it i do not call upon you to rejoice gertrude said mrs st clair solemnly god forbid that i should i merely wish you to see that you have nothing more to fear in that quarter but after all mamma how can you be quite sure that this ill-fated sufferer is the very person you suppose lewiston because i have it under his own hand that he had actually engaged his passage in that very vessel and it is surely very improbable that there should have been two men on board a small packet answering so completely to the same description in every particular and even if there were both must have shared the same fate and now let us drop the subject and everything relating to it should it pass without any observation from those two tiresome fools lady betty and miss pratt tis well if it is noticed and commented upon you will of course be prepared to talk about it as any one else would do but mr lindsay said gertrude surely you will explain everything to him i have already explained enough to mr lindsay said mrs st clair angrily i know not what more he would require yet you said you had promised to lay open the whole but the whole is now at an end and i do not feel myself called upon to revive old and disagreeable stories merely to gratify his curiosity in justice to yourself to me said gertrude urgently you ought not to lose a moment in clearing up if possible everything that appears wrong in your conduct and in mine in justice to myself said mrs st clair colouring with anger i will not harrow up my feelings and endanger my health by recurring to anything of a painful or agitating nature at present mr lindsay i repeat knows all that it is necessary for him to know if he would know more let him know that the countess of rossville in her own house and under the protection of her mother stands in no need either of his advice or assistance know that he shall never hear from me said gertrude warmly mr lindsay may have been duped he shall never be insulted under my roof if i can prevent it is this the language i am now to hear cried mrs st clair passionately am i so degraded by your exaltation that i must submit to be stigmatized and by you but beware lewiston is gone but his power remains lady rossville remained silent but tears fell from her eyes at length she said i am no longer a child to be frightened by a bugbear either tell me who this person really was and what power he possessed over me or if you refuse to gratify me in this at least let his name be no more mentioned betwixt us already cried she giving scope to her emotion and speaking under its excitement 
already my feelings have been sacrificed my reputation endangered certainly sullied in the eyes of one person and yet to him you refuse that explanation which is due both to him and to me while her daughter spoke mrs st clair seemed to be struggling with her passions at length by a violent effort she obtained the mastery over them and in a feeble languid tone said i am unable to contend with you gertrude you are mistress here and may command it seems even your mother to obey you but exhausted as i am by a long and dangerous illness my nerves shattered my mind unstrung you might have spared me yet a little but why should you weep lady rossville you who have all that this world can bestow methinks you might at least have left tears for your mother poor dependent humble as she is gertrude i am in no situation to oppose your will with a worn-out frame broken spirits depending on your bounty for my daily bread accustomed as she had all her life been to her mother's acting still gertrude never could hear a reproach from her lips without the bitterest sorrow and compunction and on the present occasion every word went as a dagger to her heart her attention had artfully been led away from the point at issue and now she only beheld herself as the oppressor of a mother feeble old and poor with her usual impetuosity she at once flung herself into her mother's power sued for forgiveness and the scene ended as such scenes always did end in mrs st clair's victory still she felt it was but a temporary one as a mere triumph over the feelings always is there might be silence but there was no submission at heart for there could be no conviction of mind such as it was however it served for the present a hasty reconciliation was patched up on a sort of mutual understanding that all relating to the unfortunate lewiston was to be consigned to oblivion mrs st clair was not to be urged to any explanation till she should see fit to make it and lady rossville was never more to be offended with the mention of a name connected as it was in her ideas with so much degradation mrs st clair then rung for her maid to resume her office and the countess returned to the saloon to her guest End of section sixty